Let's cut through the mainstream financial advice out there. This is your quick financial tip from your rich uncle. So what's like the standard? Like on the podcast form here, we can't really go into too many details, but what's some like a typical like entity structure or maybe multiple structures for the average multimillionaire? They're just a passive investor. What kind of does that kind of look like for folks? Well, typically I tell people anonymity is the king. Make sure they don't know what you have because if they can't find it, they're not going to know they can go after and it's not something they can recover against. Make yourself appear as if you don't own much of anything because that increases the likelihood that a personal creditor will settle for policy limits and go away. And that's really what we're driving towards. It's those aggressive creditors where the attorney is trying to make a buck more than the policy limits. That's going to push past that where you want to make sure you have a firewall set up. And the best way to create a firewall is to use limited liability companies, an LLC that has what we refer to as charging order protections. So I like to always set someone up with a Wyoming limited liability company because it's some of the best protection you can use to ensure that if you get sued personally, a creditor cannot break that LLC and get into whatever it holds. So we start with that as the base foundation. And then from there, that LLC will own other limited liability companies because that's the outside in shield. So if somebody sues you, that stops them from getting into your assets, your investments. You hit grandma going down the road, the outside in. That's right. Perfect example of that. So now... Your investments, your syndications, your real estate that you own, your brokerage account, equities, things like that. You're going to set up separate, not the syndications or the savings account. You drop that right in your Wyoming LLC. But if you own residential real estate, single families, maybe you have a duplex here or there, you put those in separate LLCs and they all point to the Wyoming LLC. So they're all owned by that one Wyoming LLC. So if you were involved in a lawsuit and somebody said to you, hey, how many LLCs do you own? I only own one. They need to ask the question, how many LLCs does the one LLC that you own? Maybe it owns eight, but it's your shield. So by setting this up in the manner which I described, if something were to happen with one of those other upper tier LLCs that happens to hold a duplex, then it's going to stay contained in that LLC and that's going to absorb any losses associated with that. But your syndications protected, your brokerage account, your savings is going to be exempt. You're going to be exempt from that lawsuit. Your personal residence is not going to be attached. It's just going to lock it down. And so for most people, that's the type of structure we would recommend you set up. Now, where you're investing is really important. Where you live is important as well, because there are nuances to the types of entities and strategies we use. It's not a one size fits all. People think I talk about LLC. So If they're investing in Florida, we're just going to use a limited liability company. Or if you're in California, it's going to be an LLC. It's really not. And so in different jurisdictions, we use different types of entities because you have to look at not just the asset protection. You need to look at what are the tax implications? Do you want to put together a structure that's going to create a taxable event when you put the property into it? Yeah, you get asset protection, but at what cost? It costs you $7,000 in transfer taxes or reassessment of the property. So you need to understand that other side of it as well 
and look to different types of tools that will ultimately achieve the same desired result, but it's not going to be with any type of negative consequences that can come from reassessments or transfer taxes. And I think what Clint's trying to say too there is don't go to legal Zoom because I think that's where this stuff gets personal. And I think that's why, let me tell you guys, uh, if you guys are new to our group, book a quick call with myself. We can dig into your guys' other non-legal side. That's my area of expertise, but it's all personal finance and it's, it's all legal structuring. It's all personal to your situation, where you live, how much money you make, what's your values and what's your legal liability as your profession, et cetera. But I guess, Clint, what's, what are some of these legal structures that you're not a big fan of, or maybe don't really apply to all um, situations. And I guess before you get, you answer that, I'm just going to take a time to also say, tell everybody here, make sure you guys get your umbrella insurance. That's essentially mm -hmm. what is the giveaway for the lawyers when it comes settlement time. So get a umbrella insurance, at least like a million bucks. Most people in our family office group are getting that for three, 400 bucks oh, a year. That's nothing. Absolutely. Lane is not a lawyer, CPA, but the dude did quit his engineering job and now owns thousands of rental properties. Learn more about the secrets of the wealthy. Join our community at thewealthelevator.com slash club. And if you're looking for a longer form podcast, also subscribe to the Wealth Elevator podcast.